Well, today we're having a baptism. And so we're going to back up. And I'm going to ask the question, why be baptized? Now, there used to be a pretty standard answer to that. And it was for protection. For protection. And that's because there was a belief and for a while a doctrine, though not widespread in our church, that if a baby was not baptized and something terrible befell that baby and the baby died, that a baby who wasn't baptized was not going to go to heaven. It was going to go to limbo, which isn't hell, but it's not heaven either. And so you wanted to make sure that baby got baptized so they were protected. But think about what that means. Now, we believe that all persons, every baby, is made in God's own image. And we believe that God loves all that God has made. So the notion that this God who loved the baby that's born will love the baby who's baptized, will love the child who's confirmed, will love the adult who's walking in faith, would somehow be rejected because they hadn't been baptized is not only crazy, but offensive. Because basically what it says is you need to be baptized in order to be protected from God. No, no, and no. We don't punish the unbaptized. That's not the God we proclaim. So who is the God we proclaim? We proclaim God made visible to us, accessible to us through Jesus. We proclaim that God loves us and loves us so much that God in Jesus was willing to die for us. And not just the babies who are adorable, but the adults who are terrible sometimes for all of us, God willing to die for us. And then in the resurrection shows us that love is stronger than death. Love is stronger than death. So babies are safe in God's love, full stop. So why be baptized? Well, I don't obviously think it's for protection. It's actually for preparation. It is preparation for the Christian life. It is preparation, though, if we want to say what that actually means, for a life of love. It's preparation for the life in which we as Christians are called to enact and embody God's love. But here's the thing. That's not easy. And it's not safe. Now, often in our services, particularly our baptismal services, we'll talk about the baptismal covenant, you know, where we will say that we will seek and serve Christ in all persons and respect the dignity of every human being. Those are important promises and not easy. But the hard work begins even earlier. So please open up your bulletin to page five. That's where we have the presentation and examination of the candidates. But right after they're presented, the parents and godparents do 
have to answer six questions. There are three renunciations and three affirmations. The renunciations come first, because if you're going to turn towards something, that usually means you gotta turn away from something first. So we start with the renunciations. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God, to which they will say, I renounce them? Now, sometimes people like to think that evil isn't a real thing, and if you're thinking that, then I'm gonna advise you to just read the newspaper. That will be helpful. Now, then it goes on and says, do you renounce the evil powers of this world? The evil powers of this world, well, we'd like to go with just the obvious actors and go back to who's mentioned in the newspapers, but the fact is, evil gets embedded in our world in things like racism and anti-Semitism and prejudice of all kinds and inequality and injustice. Those are hard things to renounce because they're just kind of built in all around us. So by the time you get around to renouncing your sinful desires, which we all know if we've tried to do it is plenty hard, seems a lot easier than the first two. But three renunciations, then three affirmations. Okay, that's supposed to be the good part, right? So, do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? The reality is that we live in a world, in a culture, that actually suggests to us all the time that we don't need saving, that we can actually take care of ourselves, thank you very much, that we can create the life that we want as long as all the pieces work together and we have a lot of good fortune. The notion of saying you need a savior is deeply countercultural, but that's the first affirmation. Then, turning now over to page six, do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? Again, sounds fabulous. Now, on our money, the money that we carry around in our wallets, if we still do that, it says, in God we trust. But you don't have to think very long to know that a lot of the time, it's a lot easier for us to trust money or trust power, or trust connections, or trust having the right education. Our whole trust in God's grace and love. And then last of all, do you promise to obey Jesus as your Lord? Someone who has power over you. That's what lordship means, obedience. When you don't want to obey because it's too hard. And it means you're gonna claim your allegiance to Jesus above everyone else. So those parents and godparents are gonna make those promises. All of you who have been baptized, as adults you made them if you were an adult. If your children were baptized, you made them on their behalf. This is hard stuff. And that's one of the reasons we do this in the church and all together. Because in order to do this, we're gonna need the support of everyone here. Because everyone here, as we reaffirm our baptismal covenant, has said, yeah, I'm trying to do that hard thing too. I'm trying to do that hard thing too, and I fail, and I come back, and I try again.
And we also do it here in this church altogether because of what Jesus says in the gospel to his disciples. Love one another. Because the place we practice this hard stuff is right here with each other. Because the church is not immune to the seductions of power, to settling in with the ways in which evil gets into the systems. We're saying, yeah, what you do is bad, but maybe it's not that bad. We all get seduced. So here's a place where we call that out or try to, and try to love one another, even when, like the first disciples, we don't always agree, and we don't always like each other, but we love one another. Baptism, therefore, is, I believe, an act of courage. It takes courage to be baptized into this life, but we are safe, not from God, but in God. And so there is nothing, nothing at all, for Trevor to fear or for us to fear.